Welcome back, everyone, to the Risk Intel Podcast, powered by SRA Watchtower, where we share risk intelligence with experts from across the banking industry. I'm your host, Ed Vincent, CEO at SRA Watchtower. Hello, welcome to the Risk Intel Podcast. I'm Ed Vincent, and joining me today is Doug Carnell. Doug? brings almost 30 years of operational risk management and audit experience with medium and large financial institutions, including almost two thirds of that time at a top 10 US bank, where he focused on developing and implementing risk and control self-assessment solutions and spent a significant time, a significant time facing off with the banking regulatory agencies. Doug, welcome. Thanks, Ed. Uh, happy to be a part of this conversation. We've talked about a couple of things in our in our last uh, our last episodes. We we laid the foundation about what is a risk and control self assessment and how does that fit in with a, a robust ERM program, and then we got into enacting um, a risk control a risk and control self assessment uh, in our in our last conversation and really got into the the blocking and tackling of getting out of the starting gate. Um, so today we're going to you know tackle two other topics. Um, one is around the tools and and the and the 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 way which you would actually institutionalize uh, the, the risk and control self assessment, and then the other angle is you know what the regulatory view is and and how these these enable conversations with regulators. So, look forward to to jumping into this together today. Yeah, perfect. Let's let's start with this this first question of 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 the characteristics of, of the tools. So you've you've made a decision as an organization that. Risk and control self-assessments are—that's are, uh, important for you to enact that that framework. Um, you've gotten out of the starting gate. You've gotten, as we talked about before, you've gotten your your business stakeholders involved. You've got great collaboration going on. You've had some of those facilitated sessions, um, and now you're at the point where, right, you've got to capture all this this you know yeah. th this intelligence, right, all these conversations. So, what are the characteristics of 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 how you of the tools that you'd use to facilitate the you know the the RCSA execution and, and maintenance of them yeah and and uh Ed, I'm a proponent of uh simplicity right so um you know if you're comfortable using Excel hey that's not a bad way of documenting comfortable using word it's documented that way right not you don't have to necessarily have a complex tool or what we call a GRC a governance risk control system in place before you start the RCSA process starting really simple and using some tools that everyone is familiar with, whether it's Excel or Word, perfectly acceptable. What I would suggest is um, you spend some time and, and develop the, the let's, let's just say if you're going to do it in Excel, a really simple way of, of a, a bit of a template to capture the risks, assess the exposure to those risks in another column, identify the controls, have a, have a place then for folks to think about um, you know, how do we assess the effectiveness of those controls, right? So set up a, a, a template. And, and quite frankly, this is where your risk partners would come in, set up a template to start the RCSA uh, documentation process. And it's important so that everyone kind of does it in the same way, right? Um, so that at the end of the day, if you have 10 or 20 RCSAs performed across an organization, you're going to want to most likely aggregate those results. Excel can help you to do that, right? Um, so really, you know, I don't want people to feel like they have to go through a process and, and 
and evaluate and implement a, 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 a more complex technology solution. There's many right. other there, but you can start very simply. And I really encourage people to start really simply because it will really help you to understand how does my organization want the RCSAs to be documented? So when you get to a point where you're going to implement a governance risk of control framework, you have a way that you want to design it, right? Um, because, you know, there's lots of options out there, but they're almost all customizable, right? So why not figure out the way the organization wants their RCSAs to be structured and documented and use that as the basis for how your longer term solution will be will be framed? So uh, uh, quite a few uh, important themes there. Simplicity, um, getting out of the gate with something, uh, using a template to enable that, to enable a consistent approach, right? And then aggregation. And then, um, you know, I love that that last point there of, of, of learning as you go, right? And, and, and instead of jumping into the complex, heavy configuration, personalization, even customization, um, and then and then determining that that's not that's not the right thing for your organization. Mm-hmm. Actually, start you know kind of crawl, walk, run, right? Get exactly. yourself get yourself moving. You'll have a lot of learnings, and then when it comes to making that decision, investment in in some perhaps more robust technology, you'll have a, a far better idea as to what you're looking for and what what your organization can handle. Yeah, that crawl, crawl, walk, run approach in this space, I would say is best practice, Ed, because I can't tell you how many organizations I've been part of and peers that I've talked in the industry said, we implemented this risk technology, A, B, or C, and it turns out it doesn't align to the way we think about risk and controls at all. And now we're going to have to either completely redesign it or look for a new solution. And I always step back and say, well, you implemented the solution before the process. Understand the process and what the needs of the organization are. That will serve as a much better foundation for you to implement your long-term solution. All right. We've made a decision now to to get out of the starting gate. Um, We've we've whether we are in the you know basic you know excel stage or something more robust um you're going to get a you're going to get a set of conclusions that, that that come out of this assessment talk a little bit about about what you do with those how you interpret those right where, where you go after you've now after you've got this in place yeah so you're gonna you're gonna hear one really common theme and throughout this conversation Ed, and it's keep it simple and that's not always easy to do. I get it, right? <laughs> right? But you can always um, add on to your foundational RCSAs. And I'll talk about that in a minute. So the most important thing in, in performing the RCSA, and we talked about this in the very first episode, that is awareness. Let's make sure everyone's aware of those risks, those bad things that can happen. Let's drive awareness on what are the controls we have in place to prevent or detect them. Let's have a methodology to actually evaluate how effective are those controls in preventing or detecting those risks, right? So 
Um, a lot of organizations will start relatively complex and say, okay, let's come up with a 10-point scale to assess inherent risk. And by the way, when you sit down with your business people the first time, they're going to say, what the heck's inherent risk? Right. So, yeah. Right. Okay. So, you know, you could come up with a 10 point scale that you quantify and you could take a likelihood and impact and multiply them together to come up with an inherent risk. And then you could come up with a relatively complex way of assessing your control effectiveness from strong to weak. Right. And then you can come up with a methodology to multiply them and come up with an equation for your what we call residual risk. How much risk is left after those controls are designed and implemented, right? Um, if you're if you if your organization is so inclined and they're much more quantitative or analytical in nature, go for it. I will tell you, you will have enormous um, challenges in defining scales <laughs> that make sense to people and work across business areas. And once you implement it people will say, well, that doesn't really make sense to me, right? So hence my simple approach. <laughs> yeah. Clear definition of high, medium, low, right? A simple definition of, I'll even default to, are the controls effective or not effective, right? Let's just make a black and white decision here. Because again, getting to the essence of where do we have risk exposure that's not controlled within our risk appetite? Let's get to that conclusion in the most simple, straightforward, and quickest manner possible. That allows us to improve our business. That is, yeah, yeah. That, I think that's really powerful, Doug. That, 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 that's the... That's the bottom line, if you will, right? Where, where do we have that risk exposure that's not controlled? And let's not overcomplicate it. Mm -hmm. right? That's that's the that's you know if you can if you can get to that, then you've got to consider this you know a successful endeavor. Yeah, and I will tell you, Ed. Once you get to that foundation, you can begin to add on. You can expand definitions. You can put numbers to those definitions, right? Um, if you want to refine a little bit more, but you have people understanding the essence of the RCSA before you add additional layers of complexity. So it feels like that's really one of the the, the key benefits here is is that um, you've you put that strong foundation in place. Um, that itself is is valuable for the organization but because you've got that strong foundation in place then you can actually add on and and, mm -hmm. and, even, and mature it even more uh, going yeah, forward exactly um can we talk about a bit about the um the the best practices to monitor risks right once, once we've identified them right so you, you you've 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 used this framework to identify risk exposure that is that is not controlled, maybe you know you're going to put some controls in place, right? And 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 now what happens, right? You've talked a bit about monitoring previously. Mm -hmm. Maybe expand upon that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so for controls, I always think of monitoring and testing controls, right? Okay. Testing is typically maybe a point in time, maybe once a, you know, every six months, once a year, you pull a sample and actually perform testing, kind of like audit would do, 
but you might do that within the business or the second line of defense. Um, but that's very point in time, very important, by the way. Um, the other component is how do we monitor these controls and our risk exposure on a more of a day-to-day -day basis? One of the ways of doing that is key risk indicators, right? Now, why, Doug, are you talking about key risk indicators in an RCSA conversation? Very simply because you've spent the time to, to develop your RCSA and identify your most significant risks. What better place to define risk indicators against? If you're already said we're worried about these risks, let's build indicators, right? And these indicators should help us to identify is the is something happening that ch is changing the inherent level of exposure I have to this risk, or is something that happened that's happening that changes the residual level? And is it because maybe this control that we tested and was working fine last year has kind of deteriorated now and it's not working? Mm -hmm. Maybe people aren't following the instructions properly, right? So, so it really helps us to monitor that control effectiveness um, during those interim testing periods. That sounds like that's, if it comes back to the, the a theme that we talked about in the past of, of tying the RCSA into an ERM program, exactly. right? Where you are tracking those key risk indicators over time, you're aggregating them across the business, right? You're you're measuring them against the against the organization's risk appetite, and it feels like this is really coming full circle, and and, and maybe even comes back to the the beginning of today's uh, this conversation that um, you can begin with a simple tool, but ultimately you'll want to get to the point where these you know you have an integrated tool set, right? You have these these mechanisms all interacting with each other and talking to each other. Um, and you get, you know, to a certain extent, a multiplying effect because these things do all all fit together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'll go back to um, I, I'm trying to think back to episode one, Ed, and where I think I kind of said, hey, the RCSA is the heart of the ERM framework. And, and I, I really believe that it's really the place where you can build everything off of because you spent the time to identify those risks and controls that are most important to achieving the business objectives. All right, let's tackle one last topic here, which is uh, the regulatory angle, right? We've, you know, the organization has made a decision to put this program in place. Uh, we've got, uh, we've got buy-in, we've got tools, we're, we've, 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 um, we've got this institutionalized, um, how do you then take the next step and, and use this in your interaction with the regulatory agencies? Yeah. yeah. Um, one, as you get a little bit bigger, let's say you cross over the $10 billion threshold. Um, the regulators are going to begin to start asking you, do you have RCSAs? Are you using them? How are they, how are they helping you to manage your risk better? Right. Get over 50 billion. They're expecting. RCSAs. Yeah. Get to 250 billion. If you don't have them, you're probably getting a consent order, right? Yeah. So, right. so start start early, build that good foundation, right? Um, as you grow. Um, so let's talk about those smaller banks that maybe are, are just kind of getting in there. It's really important to sit down with your regulator and say, hey, we are beginning the RCSA journey. Here's our objective, right? I want to make sure you understand that it's going to take us, let's say, two years before we complete our CSAs across our complete universe. 
but we're doing it in a very risk prioritized manner. We're going to go after those AML BSA places. We're going to make sure we have the right fraud risk and controls identified. We're going to make sure our cyber risk and controls are good. Right? We're going to go with the highest risk areas and then we'll move down to other areas. So sit down with them, show them their your, your risk assessment universe, show them how you parsed it out, show them how you prioritized it, get them level set, right? Very important first step. Secondly, explain the tools and the methodology you're going to use and what you um, what your desired outcome is, right? The regulators could have a very broad view of an RCSA and, and they may have just came from a different bank where they were examining and they did it one way. And that's kind of right. now what they're expecting everyone to do. Again, one size does not fit all in this space. Explain to them. What is your objective? This is our tools, the tools we're going to use. It's the methodology. Here's how we expect to evolve over time, right? This level setting with them is really important so that as you move through this RCSA journey, when they begin to see results, it's consistent with what you communicated to them early. And then it's really important for you to be able to explain how is the business embracing these RCSAs and taking action to make sure that none of those risks get out of appetite. Okay. So it's a lot of, you know, regulators are very reasonable people, but you have to explain to them what your desired outcome is so that they don't have and come in and examine you to a different expectation. I love that. Any, anything that you want to be, um, careful of, 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 uh, of, of not doing there. I mean, you gave us some of the, the do's are there, are there any don'ts that go with that? Yeah. Don't oversell it. Don't oversell it. Make sure that you, they know that it is a journey to get to the RCSAs to where you eventually want the end game to be right. So don't yeah. sell it. Don't, don't put a facade up that the organization has, no, we did this RCSA. We now understand all of our risks. We understand our controls. Don't worry, we're monitoring them. Oh, we're going to test them over time, right? And then all of a sudden, something really bad happens. And then yeah. why didn't your RCSA prevent that? Or why didn't you detect it earlier and prevent that impact, right? So level set it. We're, you're on a journey. This could be a five to 10-year journey for a lot of organizations, where I came from, we're st it's still an evolving. Yeah. <laughs> because we had a super solid foundation that we wanted to continue to improve. A lot of times those improvements are because the regulators suggested to do something. Said, hey, that's a good idea. Other suggestions they may have say, hey, good idea, but maybe not really what we need to do as an organization, right? So have those conversations with them again. Regulators are very reasonable people. They want you to do what's best for your business and prevent something really bad from happening. They have the same objective you do. <laughs> they do treat them like treat treat them like a partner. Educate yeah. and collaborate. Um, yeah. Themes. And they'll give you some about. really good, really good insights and really good ideas. They see a lot of other organizations and they know what works. Yeah. So we covered a lot of ground here in this session as well as over our, our many episodes 
Is there anything that you think that we've left out at this point? <laughs> I don't think so. And I think we're pretty comprehensive. Um, uh, I really enjoyed this uh, this time over these three episodes to uh, talk about something I'm very passionate about. <laughs> well, that's clear. It, it, it clearly comes through, Doug. And, and I think in 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 this in this conversation in particular, where we covered the ground, where we began thinking about tools and and really taking taking action, right? You you, you talked about the themes of simplicity and, and getting going, and I think that's important for everyone to realize that, right? It can be it can be daunting. It can seem like there's a lot ahead of you, but Get out of the starting gate. Don't don't overthink things. Um, but but use use some sort of a template to drive consistency and, and enable aggregation. And you know, if you get out of that starting gate, you'll you'll learn what your organization can handle. You'll crawl, walk, run. I think was right the the line which we use there. Um, then you'll understand how you can build upon that, and your tools can become more and more robust over time. You can connect the RCSA with your ERM, right, using those key risk indicators to. Um, uh, to to monitor and, and track over time, I think that's the the power of a really strong, robust tool set is when you have these things all all, all working together. Uh, and I love this the last portion of the conversation here about about um, sitting down with your regulator, right? Treating them like you treat your business partners when you're when you're getting into this RCSA process, collaborating, educating, laying out the objectives and the and the timeline, uh, and then explaining your prioritization decisions. Right. And 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 then, you know, lastly, um, explaining your desired outcome, your methodology uh, and that one size doesn't fit all. You, you level set their expectations and really treat them as a partner. Right. And I think yeah. that that comes to your 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 last point there of, of not overselling it and, and understanding that, you know, the regulator you know wants to wants to collaborate with you and, and has a lot of great insights. And if you bring them on the journey with you. Right. It's going to it's going to work out in both your interests. So uh, quite a lot of content, uh, I, you know, I, that last that last, last point of taking the regulator on the journey um, makes me you know feel that you've taken us on a journey here. So I appreciate <laughs> you taking us on this journey. It's been incredibly insightful and thoughtful and uh, and, and hopefully um, our, our, our viewers also uh, leave here now with a, an understanding of the, the importance and impact that you can have with a a really robust risk and control self-assessment process. Approach. Yeah, um, yeah, and as as you know, um, at SRA is always here to help uh, help those uh, those organizations think through and maybe even help facilitate the execution and uh, and uh, and provide some tools to to really um, help them to move forward, maybe a little bit a little bit more quickly. Well said, Doug. Thanks very much for that. I appreciate it. Thanks again for the time. Take care. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Ed. For more information on SRA, please visit srarisk.com. Watch or listen to our weekly Risk Intel podcast series or follow us on LinkedIn to learn more.